Here we are, another week, another guaranteed barn burner at the bunt. We are the People's Podcast, and we are brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking sick. know who we are but i'll run it back for you one time i'm d jones i got the ghost with me as always ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing break down what we got going on this week yo it's a special week episode five we got a straight canadian boss a beast a legend aaron johnson youngins do your research if you're not familiar with the name straight out of the west coast did it for years for Canada, making us proud. Real happy to have AJ in the building. And you know what time it is. We answering the post office. Popped off this week. People using the new website. Love it. And then it's the rundown, baby. The skateboard world source for sports. Before we go any further, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Keep sending your emails into thebuntlive at gmail.com. And make sure to visit thebuntlive.com. We got a web store popping. Post office submissions are possible. Voice notes. Anything is possible over at thebuntlive.com. If we've ever made you laugh, you got to go buy a hat. I think that's, that's a fair deal. That's a fair trade, right? Yeah. And if we made you laugh twice, buy a hoodie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Ghost, it's become a regular thing around here. The shout out of the week. What's it going to be? Oh, this one's easy, man. Our boy, Bunt alumni, Magnus Hansen, just dropped a new part for Jenny Skateboards. It's on Thrasher. Yo, my man's a footy machine these days, eh? God damn. He is absolutely unstoppable. A true all-terrain skater, baby. And he's doing it in vans. Shouts to Magnus, yo. Number one, baby. Like we said, we have Aaron Johnson in the building this week. Absolute legend. Love watching his parts growing up. North one, finishing it off with something special down black ice. Couldn't be happier to have him inside Studio E. That's some real shit, my G. Let's get this interview popping. But before we do, you already know what time it is. Let me haul at the fridge and grab a couple of them spicy green cans. Canada's premium Pilsner. Steam whistle. The only bus. Johnson in the building inside Studio E. We start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite sports moment and your favorite skate moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with skate moment. I just witnessed like Sasha Daly's front board, and he kind of let the, the the footage play out, and then him like rolling away, and everyone fucking running after him, and, like the look on his face after mm-hmm. he nailed that front board. It's like he's just a homie. I felt like I was there. That was a fucking amazing moment, like, seeing that dude, like, the look on his face. I kind of wanted to see the look on his face after he landed that front board. That was, like, priceless, man. Like, yeah, that was fucking amazing. 
The new, the new Arto Sari, man. Yeah. Totally. I, I just saw it like probably yesterday or something. So that moment's like so fresh for me. It's like amazing. And then uh, sports. Well, I'm, I'm pretty useless with sports. Like, can I take a guess? What? Maybe it would be your uh, your dunk in Faja. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the adjustable fucking basketball hoop. You got to cr- crank her down to fucking eight yeah. feet. Um, and then bring out the fisheye. So yeah. it looks like you're fucking just flying. Yeah. No, uh, you know, I like bloopers, actually. Like a fucking bail. Like a figure skater bail. Like just fucking blood and glitter on the ice. Just like, oh, I don't damn. know. I guess that's kind of mean-spirited, but... Uh, you know, I, I did watch the Raptors game. I kind of jumped on that fucking bandwagon. So, fucking yes, sir. Hell yeah! You guys are still look like you're glowing from that right now. I see that you guys are still kind of smirking, <laughs> hey, eh? <man>. Sick. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so, yo, tell us where you came up and how'd you get into skating? Um, <clears throat> I started skating when I was ten. I lived in a small town north Vancouver Island, Campbell River, neighboring Courtney, where Sash is from, and. Uh, I don't know, I had, like, a stepsister for a second, and uh, she, like, dated all the skaters. And uh, so they were, like, I just went into, like, straight up, like, little brother status with all these older skaters, and then they just kind of, like, I was just hanging out with them. I was, like, 10, 11, 12, hanging out with, like, dudes that were, like, 16, 17. So uh, I, like, grew up quick around those dudes because they were up to some hectic shit. And then I also, like, learned how to skateboard pretty quick, too, because they were ripping. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, basically, like, just hung out there for six years, and then I moved to Vancouver when I was 16. Damn. Big yeah. move at 16. Yeah, I dropped out of school. Fucking home life was kind of fucking not very good, so I kind of was like, there's nothing really here for me. I'm just going to move to Vancouver and uh, make it happen, Damn. basically. And I had a little bit of support from some other peeps, and I made it happen. It's good boss move dog so it's got to start somewhere for everyone usually it's a shop sponsor maybe some flow but what was your first big break in the skate industry you know i think it was kind of just like probably getting on rds when i moved to vancouver that was pretty solid i had a little little sponsorships here and there on the island and stuff but uh kind of felt like yeah it felt like something major when i I moved to vancouver and those dudes kind of like i was working at the skate shop at RDS and then I was just working there for like a couple weeks and then I just basically got on the team. I grew up in the era like, I mean, if I was 10 when I started skateboarding, that was like fucking, Jesus Christ, like 94. So like Mm -hmm. downtown Vancouver, new spot, McKay was like at his fucking, like they were all at their dopest. Like Moses was slicking his hair back. (laughs) Everybody was fucking killing, you know, like it was pretty, pretty sick time for like Vancouver and and red so that was like stained in my fucking mind like those dudes were so fucking dope to me so like mm-hmm. it was pretty tight to fucking be like led on the team and shit the, the shop team because it was just a shop at that point the yeah. skate shop in north van yeah uh we heard you had some some shell shock actually on your first rds trip <laughs> how gnarly was that for you obviously you're a dragon and it worked out in the end but what was that first experience like that was fucking really funny i was working at the store and then, um, and then I, I had some other plans. I was kind of, I wasn't really gonna, it was kind of this coexisting moment of like getting on DC and Colin being like, come on this trip. And I was like, ah, I'm kind of working with S and Garrett Louie was like, 
kind of looking out for me and I was going to go down south and kind of do that. And and then Colin's just like, hey, come on this trip with us. And I was kind of hesitant and I was like, I actually had to work. I was like, I got to pay some rent, dude. I actually can't even go on this trip. <laughs> so Colin's like, what do you need? What do you need? And I was just threw out like, I don't know, like, give me a thousand bucks and I'll go. And kind of like he called my bluff and he's like, came with a thousand bucks. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> let's fucking go. Okay. <laughs> That sounds good. And then I went on and it was kind of like a victory lap for those dudes for their video. I wasn't really in like RDS FSU Mm -hmm. and it was like a fucking wild party trip. And I was actually like, I wasn't in, I was pretty like, I guess, ambitious at the time. I, I, I never really like, I didn't like drinking at that point in my life. And I, you know, I didn't grow up as like, as a teenager, like really down for fucking getting hammered. And they were just like beer bongs and it was just a fucking shit show. And I was actually like fucking, I was like, this, this sucks almost like, (laughs) and I was like, they're all filming each other and it was just nuts. And I was like, I was just looking at it. Like, we're just like marketing fucking character flaws right now. Like, what are we doing right now? I'm like, and it was like, I think it was just me and me and Milligan that were in like Russ Milligan. He was on that trip. We were both in that kind of mentality. Like, let's just fucking skate. Like, that's why we're here. And it was uh, Scott Pagne. So it was just kind of like us little like trio just kind of like, kept it mellow. And I think we just, and then we we're probably just like rolling our eyes like these fucking guys are crazy. Let's just go skate. <laughs> it was kind of that vibe. But it was, they, they were having fun. Like they just dropped their big fucking video and all that. So I just wasn't ready for that. Was too, <laughs> way too mellow at that point. Uh, how old were you on that first trip? It must have been like 20 or 19 or something. Definitely not tainted yet. (laughs) In the years to come, man. You're working on it. Yeah, definitely. So tell us what it was like being the youngest drug dealer at the Ladner Skate Park during Slam City Jam. Any recognizable (laughs) names you sold to or what? (laughs) For sure, man. Fucking... Uh, that that was like yeah i was a young kid from campbell river and we would be like our christmas would be slam city jam i would buy like a massive bag of weed i'd, I'd roll up there i was like fuck 13 14 too rolling up with like ounces yeah and then knowing and, and it was like i guess I, I i'd say like lame shit like tradables for fadables to like pros and shit like that was like my that was my marketing uh strategy with well, I was like, I think it was Muska and the shorties team. And it was like, it was so funny because he'd be like, oh, Muska, you want to buy some weed? And he'd be like, yeah, sure, man, fuck sweet. And it was like, he, I sold him like an eighth and he traded me like fucking Black Panther bearings and like so much fucking gear. And then he just rolls it up in one joint and like smokes it with me. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. For a 13 year old kid, like I was like fucking, I was like in heaven. I was like, yeah. I wasn't actually, I didn't really like, I wasn't a huge Muska fan though. I wasn't like, oh my God. Like, I just thought it was fucking super entertaining. (laughs) I actually honestly wasn't, I was like, I just thought this guy was like a fucking character. I was like, but you know, I wasn't, I actually kind of wasn't like super fucking down for Muska in a sense. Like, like that actually, (laughs) I was kind of like, you weren't down for the boom box and the backpack. I wasn't f- emulating his style or anything. I wasn't like catching on to okay. the fucking the trends, and so I thought it was kind of like everyone's copying Muska. I was almost just kind of like, "Fuck, this is crazy." Mm-hmm. All, all the power to it, but I was just like, I wasn't trying to get involved with it. Roll up your pants and do a Muska flip. <laughs> so you had last part in the all-time great Canadian skate video North. Looking back <laughs> at it now, what does that mean to you? What was the process like filming for that? Yeah, that was that was cool. All credit due to Jeremy Pettit, who basically like 
made it happen. I think he, he like put a lot of financial risk. Like he just did everything he could to, to make that project happen, like financially and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think he was taking out loans and, and doing all sorts of stuff and then just getting all of us together. But it was just, it was just like a, a cool time in, in Vancouver. Well, I guess Canadian skateboarding, but it was kind of like all happening in Vancouver at that point. And uh, yeah, there's just something a little bit magical about that. Just like... It was cool. It was pretty sick to have Ted. Ted, like, really give her... Because he was always, like... Ted was, like... I, I wouldn't say he was a big trier. He was kind of always, like... Mm. We'd always be, like... I always, like, kind of envied that. I'd be, like, fuck, I'm working so hard here. And this guy would be, like, playing video games for, like, a week straight. And then he'd just, you know, stroll out of his house. And then just, like, fucking five clips, like, nothing. And I'd just be, like, fuck. But uh, <laughs> that was pretty sick to see, like, Ted take that serious. And it really... Uh, really put that part together ted's part was super special in that in that video mm-hmm. and mcd and, and seeing wade we did some you know we didn't even do like massive trips for it too like we kind of like went to calgary a little bit but it's kind of funny how that kind of worked it was mostly just kind of skating in vancouver yeah i think the 16 mil was cool what jeremy was doing there he learned how to shoot film while like while so, making the video yeah so we burned through like some of the shit was unusable we burned through some rolls i was like oh it was trial and error, but that was cool. When you involve like 16 mil, especially at that time, that was kind of cool for the skits and stuff like that. I mean, like he rented a beaver suit and shit. Like there was like efforts to make the video and some of the details to it, like kind of interesting, at least for the time. So yeah, it all just kind of lined up. I remember the trailer dropping on the Transworld site and I would just watch that on my lunch break every day at school over and over. You're lined with the fakie flip. Oh, sick. Cruise around, <laughs> backtail a ledge or something, kickflip a grass gap at the end, and there's a sick beat. I, need, I wish I could find that. I don't know if that trailer's floating around online anymore, but yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite videos back in them days. It was funny because Jeremy, he, he was smart about... Nobody was quite on... They weren't really thinking about this at the time, but he was, he was um, getting all the rights to all his music and stuff like that. He was thinking seriously about that. <clears throat> which was interesting because like maybe he learned that from the rds video or something you can't just use a bunch of fucking random songs and they'll re- you know they'll just fuck you over in the future mm-hmm. if, if anything comes about that video but it was a funny time in skateboarding too because like that was a video that had like you would like oh you can have the dvd or you could have the vhs yeah, so the yeah. guy was like duplicating videos making dvds vhs getting uh we had distribution through giant distribution, like 411, the same people as 411 distributing mm-hmm. that video. So um, that was pretty cool. It was just, yeah, it was, it was an era kind of catalyst for sure. It was the time. What was one of your fondest memories from that era? Any good uh, good stories traveling with the guys or just skating? Around North time, I, you know, it was funny. I was just strictly skating. Like, I was just no bullshit. And let's not, I was just like eat, sleep, and skate around then and uh we had we just tried to be as productive as possible and that was probably like it's most purest like we were just trying to be the best skateboarders we could and all that stuff no nothing really was like it wasn't any kind of like you know some any nonsense going on and uh it was pretty sick to have like pommier and stuff and scott pommier shooting really nice photos and stuff Mm -hmm. and he was coming out and he was he was supporting that that project and that era and stuff Actually, I think the coolest part about North in that era era was uh, Cairo Foster, when I first got on Pop War, he actually came out 
um, before I was even on Pop War. He came out to the North premiere. So that was pretty sick. I was like, fuck Damn. it. So, like, Cairo's like, oh, I'll come to the premiere. And I like, I like, my little buddy Cairo Foster shows up to the premiere. I was like, <laughs> uh, for a high school drop, I was like, my fucking prom date, pretty much. I was like, holy fuck, here you go. And it was pretty sick. And he was stoked on the video, and I got on from there. So, that was basically mm-hmm. like one of the best things that came about North for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us what it was like getting scooped up by Popware and skating with those legends like Cairo, Rob G. What was that experience like? Going to do some trips because you guys came here to Toronto, did a demo. We saw you guys. Yeah, that was sick. I was uh, I was super hyped to be a part of that because uh, it felt a little different. It felt like a little niche thing that was going on there. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was like, it didn't, yeah, it, it didn't feel like it was trying to be too high caliber. Like we were just trying to do some good skating and, and have some like kind of, you know, the, the kind of design and the, the direction of it was like just trying to be kind of authentic and mm-hmm. and kind of political in a way too but uh just cruising around skating with those dudes was amazing like rob g fuck the energy of rob g was sick you know it was like it was a pretty cool team like kenny reed was kind of like fucking he was he was interesting dude and that was cool to be around and there's different flavors going on and chad tim tim he was he was pretty sick and then cairo was like you know kind of like team leader kind of the thing he kind of led yeah. Led the led the pack and and we were just uh, it was pretty cool. They were pretty down and they were pretty uh, they were they were a lot of fun to hang out with. And we would uh, we got around. We did a lot of traveling through the states through Canada. There was just a lot of like a lot of gas burned cruising around <laughs> in that fucking fifteen passenger van. And then they had dudes like Raymond Molinar. That was pretty cool to see him kind of coming up. And uh, the AM team was pretty sweet. Adam Crew and and uh, me and we. Uh, we definitely hit some Canadian cities, lots of American cities. It was pretty, it was pretty tight. And there was uh, lots of, Cairo always had like a good like network going. So like every city we went to, it was like, oh, Cairo's in town. Like it was pretty sick. So like Cairo was like every skater's favorite skater kind of thing like that. So like every, when we go to New York, you just get exposed to like, you know, all like the kind of top people like Giovanni Retta would show up and you, you know you just see all these heads and you, they're just all like down for Cairo so it was like I got ex- I got pretty good exposure to like you know the whole skate scene just through Cairo it was pretty sick so pop war wasn't uh didn't last as long as some people would have hoped what do you think went wrong it, it was all kind of like it was just kind of coincided with like the 2008 financial crisis I think it was just I mean that was that was a part of it, and uh, I don't know. We never like it felt like all of our footage and stuff was just kind of going to little four and one things, and we were doing teasers and stuff. We were like, we didn't quite make a video, which was like kind of disappointing. And uh, yeah, it was just a sh- that at that point it was just a real shitty part time for skateboarding. Yeah, I don't know. It was just it just it, it seemed like it had so much potential, and it was so fucking cool. And Popor was such a rad brand. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just, it just fizzled. It just didn't, didn't have its life that it deserved. But I was stoked on pop work because it was kind of a niche thing. Because I was like, oh, this is kind of like a little home for me. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is really, this would be pretty cool to go pro and grow with this brand. Like so, it was kind of disappointing that it all kind of diminished. But because like you know, like 
for for a rider like a canadian dude like that was pretty rad for me sick yeah i was like you know like what are my other like in terms of like options or whatever (laughs) like what about what road am i gonna go down here really like am i gonna be like hey jamie like fuck i'm gonna i'll I'll die for you like or i'll go (laughs) i I, I didn't quite have it like some some people (laughs) i knew out there like where I'd be like, I wasn't eligible for the girl team or, you know what I mean? Shit like that. So I was like, oh, this is like a little home. Like, this is where a mm-hmm. skater like me can like actually probably, you know, you know, do something with this. Yeah, that was a bummer when that, when Pop War ended. I remember going to the demo, caught a board that you guys threw into the crowd. Oh, Skated nice. that thing for so long. And then I remember... It was one of those ones that they didn't break or whatever. Did they have so some like, fiberglass ones or something? I thought yeah. they had like that like new wave technology too, maybe, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. I remember skating it forever and then I gave it to my friend Noah. He skated it for about a month. <laughs> then it got passed to my boy Duncan. He skated it for about a month. <laughs> and then it actually came back to me and I skated it for like another month. <laughs> no <month>. way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have to like re grip it like every fucking two months? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know, but that was good memories for sure mm-hmm. and yeah definitely loved your am squad you had dennis durant you john newport adam oh Cooley, yeah raymond molinar newport man i love that guy yeah Steezy yeah. squad yeah oh yeah and dennis durant man fuck we actually filmed the kenny reed clip at the at the pop war demo and used it in our our little homie video you know just threw kenny reed in there like he was our boy he would have been down he would have been down i vouch for him kenny was fucking yeah he was pretty he's he's pretty interesting dude he was pretty worldly like basically like uh, yeah in his hotel room like he'd be burning incense and like listening to like some kind of like afghani like techno or something like he was like so like (laughs) multicultural and it was like it was amazing i was like this guy's is sweet and like fuck man every city we went to he's like oh yeah my my girlfriend, like, like he had, like, so many friends across, like, the U.S., like, every city we went to, like, just ladies loved him, and he was just, like, this, like, maybe it was platonic, maybe it wasn't, but he was just, like, this, like, I don't know. It was basically, I felt like, like, he was just the most fucking interesting dude I've ever met at one point. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this guy's, like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yo, he's a Scarborough man, yo, back yeah. 5 in the borough. Um, <laughs> Switching gears, yo, can you tell us about a time you were driving to California with Hasty and got pulled over by a crazy state trooper who was looking for grenades and shit? <laughs> I honestly don't even really remember that. I've been pulled over so many times um, <laughs> in the States and, and just and been so worried. I'm, I remember one time, I guess we were driving uh, with Hasty. I guess we were going to Arizona or something. And... Uh, I think we st- one time when we drove back from Arizona, Hasty and I stayed up for like 30 hours straight and like popped Ritalin <laughs> and drove back to Vancouver when we did that once. I remember once we got, I was with Cairo in SF and we were driving from SF to LA and we got pulled over by a cop because we were looking for a, a, a hotel to stay at and I had an eighth of weed on me that I just bought. Damn. in San Fran and fucking Cairo looks over at me and he says eat that fucking thing <laughs> and I was oh. like copy that like I was like yeah <laughs> and I fucking ate that eighth like stems and everything and shoved it down my throat I was like oh my god I'm gonna get raped like this was like in fucking this wasn't yeah a bad time to have some weed on you this was like yeah de- over a decade ago and then the cop was just like 
well, actually, it reeked like weed in the in the car. And I was like, "This is that was dumb." Now it's just like opened up the smell of weed. Like I'm, yeah, it was like I, yeah, it gave me a piece of gum. Like it was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> complete flail. Like I wasn't smooth. I wasn't like I was like I'm going to jail. I'm an idiot. I'm chewing on weed. That was my feeling. And uh, anyways, like he just said, "Hey, your you guys' uh, headlights are off and turn them on." And and it, yeah, just narrowly missed that. That was Damn. funny. Actually, the next morning. I, we were like in a fucking Dunkin' Donuts and I went into the washroom and I took a shit and I walked out and I went to Cairo and I was like, this is, remember when I swallowed that weed last night? I was like, I swear to God, now the bathroom smells like a grow show. Yeah. I was like, isn't that weird? And he's like, oh shit. And he was all excited about it. He went in there and took a whiff and he's like, dude, it smells like weed in there. Like it smells, I was like, isn't that weird? It was like this like weird like experiment with ingesting like a whole bunch of fresh weed. You gotta duck the fucking popo, guys. At all costs. So speaking of vans and stories, we also heard you got into it with our boy Wade D in a van <laughs> back in the day. You may have tried to fight him. What's the story there? And is the beef squashed? Oh, completely, yeah. No, I was tripping. Um, oh god. Yeah, Arizona. I think yeah, we were out in Arizona. Uh, we had a house, RDS rented us a house. We were there. Wade was on RDS at the time, which was short-lived. Short. Yeah. Fucking short-lived. He got his so, chain. Yeah, he got his chain? That's funny. Does he still have it? I hope he does. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, we were in the van. It was just, I think it was kind of bad. I don't think Wade wanted to be there, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Arizona's kind of like a, a shitty place for your mentality anyways but uh actually I I got smoked in the dome super hard and uh it's actually in the RDS video like in, in Oh, is it that intro. tray flip? Like when you're uh, riding on the ditch? Yeah, I was trying to front three this ditch and I I, I just totally fucking fucked up and just smashed my head in the I was like uh, landed in the crevice. And I chicken oh, danced. Like I fucking bank. chicken danced. Like my, I had involuntary movements. Like it was yeah. bad. And then, uh, so I was just like, I had like a pretty rough week or whatever. So it was in that like post head trauma. And then we, I didn't even have like, I didn't even have like proper like health insurance. <laughs> like we were just like, remember that night, like everybody like smoking weed and passing out and staying up all night like am i gonna die like am i gonna fall asleep and never wake it was like so so brutal and we were like partying after and we were just so irresponsible with our head injuries well at least i was and uh so i was kind of tripping a little bit and uh so it's out of character for me to like like do stuff like that but we were just in the van wade and i were bickering at each other or something something super like super minor and then i don't know i just snapped and i just i think i it's like fucking foaming at the mouth and I was like clawing at him in the back seat and everybody was like dude 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 what the fuck and they ripped me out of the van and hasty fucking peeled off and they just left me in some random parking lot in like Phoenix Arizona where I didn't really know how to rightfully so like what, what else are you gonna do like fucking get this psycho out of here let's fucking go and I stormed back to the to the wherever we were I, I don't even know how I found my way back and he, he, he had been gone. He was like, fuck, I'm over this trip, this fucking guy. And, uh, yeah, he just, he, it was, he just bounced, and I was like, fuck. And then I was like, yeah, I felt, that was like, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm so lame. And then I never really talked to him for, like, a, a, a month or two, and then I just kind of rolled up at the plaza, and I, like, look up, and there's Wade, and we just, like, fucking both smirked, and the dude, like, gave me a hug, and I was like, oh, this dude's so fucking rad. Like, it was, like, all good. We didn't even have to say anything. I think he knew, like, 
I was just tripping. Obviously, I was <laughs> tripping. Like he know, I anyone that knows me, I'm not like I don't. I'm not like a violent person or anything. There must have been something weird going on. But yeah, that was like full on episode. And Hasty just fucking peels off. Like let's just leave. Just leaves you there. Yeah, I must. I must have been fucking pretty acting pretty erratic. Like there was like no fucking around. It was like, oh, he's gone. We're out. <laughs> quick, quick decision. Like quick, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, good decision, Hasty. I was fucking losing my mind. <laughs> I actually that's funny because like I was like it's so out of character for me. But like the funny thing with like head injuries and skaters just like not quite taking them seriously or whatever. You're just like ah, oh. mm-hmm. like you go oh I I have a concussion and then you forget you have a concussion. And you're like oh let's get some beers or let's go party tonight. <laughs> I remember I hit my head at this demo when I was like I was pretty young. I was 16 and. We went out, it was with like Jordan Hoffert and Chris Haslam and some dudes. We went up north to this shitty like Alberta town. Where were we? We were like some fucking oil town up there. And we and then I was drinking beers and I like fucking landed and some dude was like intersecting my line and tried to jump over me and fucking kneed me in the head. And I fucking oh. got knocked out and I woke up in the in the van with like a fucking Budweiser in my hand, like what the fuck? And I was still drinking and it was just, just a mess. And <laughs> it was like a Jeff Dermer trip. And then that night I was all quiet and I was just like drinking and they're all kind of worried about me and stuff. And I was like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then we were all hanging out. And then like, there was this girl that went to the demo and her mom was there and we were like, hey, yeah, she'll come out and hang with us. And like, everybody was super nice to her. And like, it was just like a really good night. And we had a party night and we partied with the locals and this one like girl like hung out with us and we like dropped her off back at like her, at her, at her house at like whatever time her mom says she had to be back. And it was so sweet. And we like, everybody was being so like, such good dudes and it was such a good vibe and literally it was like waving goodbye to her at the front door and her mom was like bye thanks so much guys you guys are such good guys and i fucking opened the door and yelled the most fucking heinous thing oh it was like it's like record like record stop Haslam and like Haslam was driving they just look at me like oh my god how can you fucking say that and i was like I don't even remember what I said, but it was like probably the worst thing I could possibly say at the moment. And like they literally just like drove off and it was like they were so bummed. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I, you know, uh, it was just another like bad, like erratic head injury story. Like, I've been, I'm a pretty good guy other than that, but like, wow, like, fuck. Don't hit you in the head. Yeah, take those head injuries seriously, man. They might just fucking make you act erratic. Sure. Scary shit, B. It is. We both know that Brixton's got our back when it comes to summer apparel. Shirts, shorts, no matter what, they got everything we need. And now they're here to take care of our headwear. They're setting you up with the B Shield MP and me with the B Shield 3 snapback. Keep your kit clean. The B-Shield snapbacks feature some of Brixton's timeless designs, their medium profile and six-panel snapback, accompanied by their signature Brixton B-Shield branding. Keep up with Brixton's latest at BrixtonMFG on Twitter, at Brixton on Instagram, and at Brixton.com. You dropped one of our favorite parts 
in what we think was a pretty underrated digital Faja. <laughs> How nice were you feeling on the board back then? That seemed like you were at the top of your game, you know, dunking in the intro, yelling sports, <laughs> aka you were destined to be on this podcast. Tell us a bit about uh, that project. Um, that was good. That was like right after North. I went and uh, drove down to Cali with Ryan Smith. And then I just kind of like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just like, Ryan's just like, hey, come with me, stay with me down in uh, San Diego. And I was like, cool. And I was down with him for like two days. And then we met up with Bill Weiss and Hasty and Mackinac. And then they were just, they were just like, hey, you should film a, a digital part. Come stay with us. And I was like, oh, this is happening. Okay, sick. It just kind of happened like that. And then I just transferred my backpack to fucking to Bill Weiss's couch and hung out with Hasty and Macno and that was about like four months. So I filmed it in four months. Damn. And uh that was pretty it was pretty sweet. I was like kinda getting like exposed to some different people. Like Apple Yard would come by. He was homies with like all of them and that was cool. Mm-hmm. I'd get to skate with like Tyrone Olson <laughs> and like sick. and like Chris Lambert. T-boat. <laughs> like heads like was I was like, a oh, digital sick. family, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like Corey Shepard would would show up and stuff and uh but digital montages was always oh, the yeah. same dudes like in the <laughs> but so sick yeah and bill weiss that part was, was pretty funny beast. yeah so that was that was cool um yeah and cairo was stoked on like i just got on pop war so that was like it looked like i was being proactive like i got out of out of vancouver like lickety split and started shooting or filming for that part so they were like, oh, okay, this kid's fucking taking it seriously. I think that's, I got put on the AMP team, I think, after uh, they were cutting me some checks and stuff after that part dropped. So that was a smart move to do that. And it all just kind of landed in my lap. But um, that was pretty sick, too, because I got to skate uh, all the Cali spots. But uh, I started to miss Vancouver. I, I'm kind of like, my brain chemistry just loves, like, Canada and up north and the whole Cali vibe started to get tiresome. And, and there was, that was at a time where, uh, like, you know, I was just going out, I was just constantly filming, but Cali didn't have tons of good skate parks or anything. So, like, I, I, I was always just like, fuck, I can't even, like, go to a good skate park and just, like, I don't know, skate for fun or, like, try to practice a trick. It just, every day was like, here's this spot. And then it'd be like, oh, what's been done? And then it's just this crazy list. And you're like, so why the fuck am I here? Like, why, why'd you bring me here? And then just tell me all this bad news, that kind of Cali pressure, like the, yeah, it's pretty funny. But, um, so yeah, it was good though. It was, it was, it was good for a little motivated Canadian that wanted to make it happen. And I was, I definitely, uh, it was, uh, I guess I was 20. And it was, yeah, it was a big deal for me. I was stoked to be in it. Mm-hmm. Chris Haslam. Chris Haslam had a part in there, and that's when he was, like, full fucking transformation. <laughs> when he was, like, Dude. the handkerchief was in the pocket, the hair was long. It was pretty sick. I was like, whoa, what's up, Chris? Because, uh, yeah. you know, I knew him as, like, track pants guy. <laughs> right. and, uh, so I got to actually, he had a full part in that, so I got to uh, hang out with him, and fuck, he was ripping. Like, he was, like... Yeah, he was nah, he was doing the kick back smiths down like handrails like that. I was like, oh fuck, like big flip front like, boarding. Yeah, so he was he was definitely like fucking way ahead of his time. It was insane at that point. So it was cool to be around him. 
Yo, you were out there with my first ever favorite skater, Fabrizio Santos, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Adelmo Jr. Shared dude. part. Yeah. Ja! Yeah, yeah whoa, he was... Uh, yeah, those dudes... <laughs> yeah, those dudes were so positive. It was amazing. Like, those... Yeah, those Brazilian dudes, I was like, you know... I was like, wow. This was pretty pretty cool. Definitely, uh, those dudes were, like, amazing. Those were, like, yeah, the quintessential, original Brazilian-type dudes. You were like, oh, oh yeah. wow. Like, they kind of, like, painted what Brazilians should be or whatever. Like, showing up to fucking you know the u.s and just destroying everything and just but being yeah. so happy happy go lucky about it like <laughs> i'm just so happy and i'm yeah. learning english and it's so awesome and this is you're just like oh man your fucking life must be so fun like you're just in that mentality you're like the best. just you're the delmos part and that was crazy the switch back one over the kink trail and you literally can't yeah. see anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. his dreads yeah. were just insane man yeah, he was like, he was so amazing. He was such a sweetheart, that dude. He was, in, he was like, he was like actually super religious. So I was always like, you know, like there was this, this 20 year old Canadian just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And like, and, and I would always be like, oh, oh, oh no, oh no. Like I just felt like, you know, I'd be bumming him out because he was just like, he was pretty, he was, uh, I think he was pretty hard Christian, which was crazy because I was like, you know, like you're like this crazy ass Christian with like dreads. Like, uh, I just thought maybe you'd be more like Rastafarian or something. You know, like, but he would be like, I think he would frown upon weed and stuff like that. Like, it was it was weird. Oh really? Like he was, yeah. Well, the song they skated to started by screaming "Ja," which is. And that's the, that whole thing too. Like when you for digital, you know how there's like all these weird, like you see the editing and like there's all this weird stuff going on. It's just like mm. Bill Weiss and Inside Jokes, and he's just in the he's just he's just basically amusing himself while he edits the video. So there's yeah. all this weird shit in it that like no one really gets, but like it's basically just for his amusement while he's editing a video. It's pretty funny. So like he'd be like, oh yeah, he, you know, Adelmo gets this and that and then all this weird thing and even the name. Faja, like that made no sense. It was just because we saw, you know, like Austin Powers Austin recently, Powers. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, like that, that that movie amused me. Let's just tie it into the whole process of the video. Like it was just pure, like personal amusement, and, yeah. and no one will ever get it. It's just that's pretty interesting. So after Pop War ended, were you in talks with any other board brands? What was going on career wise for you at that time? Um. <clears throat> I know Moses was, uh, I didn't speak to like Jamie Thomas directly, but Moses was like, yeah, like Jamie's interested. And they put me on uh, mystery flow, but it was like basically put to me like, uh, here's your options, mystery flow, Jamie's down for you. And, uh, but you got to prove yourself. There you go. <laughs> wow. I was like, uh, that was, I don't know. I, you know, I was just, that was my only option. And I was like, okay. And uh, so I was getting mystery boards and stuff. And I was like, I think I'm fucking over this. The whole notion. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think I was like 24 at the time. And I had been putting in a lot of work. And I, was, I just felt like I had to like redo some steps. I was like, fuck, this is kind of like a setback. Yeah. And like I had to really evaluate like what are, what's, my, what's my passion level right now? Am I really – is this really like – am I really going to really want this like to even attempt this, you know? Cause that's like a, mm -hmm. 
I was like, I was like a, a bold move. And I was like, you know, I'd really have to want it. And then to have to impress like the most like, you know, like intense, like that was the most intense fucking camp out there. I was like, yeah, basically like, uh, like, uh, you know, I was like, I think I'm over it. Like, <laughs> so that was like, I kind of gave it like a college try and I was like, uh, you know what? I fuck, I don't think this is like, I don't think I'm going to impress Jamie right now. I don't think I, I'm going to mm-hmm. start hucking. I was, I wasn't going, wanting to go in the direction of like going bigger. I was like, you know, I kind of want to just like, I want to get more tech. I think <laughs> like I was kind of <laughs> thinking like maybe I'll like do more manuals. Like that's what I was kind of thinking. And I was kind of, I was partying at that point too. So, you know, everything wasn't just, I was, the synapses weren't really firing off at that point. I was just kind of like, fuck. So that was basically my options after pop War, And I was just, I wasn't really down for it. I, I knew I didn't have it in me. And I was, I was kind of, I was pretty real. I wasn't going to kid myself. Like this isn't fucking happening. I will, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to fucking break my leg before any of this fucking goes yeah. through. So, so yeah, I got, on, I actually, I went, I got on Kitsch. Dermer was starting his company or whatever. So I decided to do Kitsch instead. And, uh, Moses was like, when I told Moses, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to not do this mystery thing anymore. And I'm going to do Kitsch. He's like, you're throwing in the towel. And I was like, fuck you. No, I'm not. But I, pr- I, pretty much was like guaranteed like I was for but I was like I was kind of kidding myself like no we could totally build I was I think I gave him some like crazy ass speech like you know I want to build like something Canadian like you guys got to build RDS and I want to really work with this with Dermer and it was like kind of made sense in my head but like yeah I was kind of just throwing in the towel because I was like partying a lot and it was slowly just kind of kind of fizzling at that point my my whole like my my love for skateboarding was kind of just at a at a low at that point. I was like, fuck, kind of needed a break. I was kind of I was getting into a career in film, in the film industry and stuff, and I started like kind of really, you know, I was making a little money, and I kind of just kind of felt like I wanted to get a job and uh, you know, fuck, buy a car and do all that stuff that you know Canadian skateboarding wasn't affording me. So, <laughs> fuck, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? can't blame you, man. At 24, like, if that's your option, is like, all right, now you're no longer am, you're back to flow mm-hmm. through center and like have to send Jamie Thomas footage. Like, fuck that noise. And it sucks when you're in such a good, good place at Pop War, getting along with everyone, everything's going great, and then you have to make a decision on mystery. Yeah. And then the, the, under the pretense, like, but Jamie Thomas wants you to prove yourself to him or something like oh, that. And I, I don't even know if that was, I, I honestly, I, um, that might even have been a, like a Moses tactic. Like Moses might have not even talked to Jamie. Maybe Moses was <laughs> just like, "Let me get inside this fucking kid's head. Let me spark a fire." You know, maybe I don't. That was it. Wasn't even directly from Jamie. It was just Moses saying that. And you know, actually, like fuck, like nice, like right on. Like maybe that would have been like, you know, like if that would have been funny if that would never even happened. And I was like, "Fuck, all right." And then I just it sparked something <laughs> in me, and I was just like. And Moses was just like, I got in this kid's fucking head. Look at him. He's ripping now. I'm fucking the skate whisperer. Like, like that would have been pretty sick. But yeah, I was like, it, it actually backfired. I was like, that's probably the last thing I want to hear right now is like, I got to fucking do this. Like, fuck this. No, thank you. Similarly, uh, like the whole Canadian skate disrespecting, like our boy Mike Hasty told us. He never quite cracked the American shoe market. You rode for DC Canada for a long time. How hard was it to fucking do that? Like, how come you think at the time no Canadians were really 
getting on shoe companies down there. Yeah, it was weird. Like I was getting DC direct a bit. And uh, when I went first went down and, and uh, so I was kind of, I felt like I was like kind of cracking that surface and I was getting like American checks for like photo incentive and stuff for DC. And I was like, I, I didn't even have an account in, in like, I'd have to get like Paul Mackinac to cash my little photo incentive checks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I could go to Trader Joe's, like that was basically, but then that was, that was pretty short lived and, you know, and then. And then DC Canada wanted to do like the Canadian program and stuff. And uh, I think it's, it's like, it, we're all just kidding ourselves because like, we just don't have the numbers. We don't have the demographics. We're just not doing like, we just don't have the population. And it's like, I think we're all hopeful. Like, oh yeah, we want to have this program. That's like, you know, like what Europe has or whatever. But I mean, we just don't have, we just don't have the money. We just don't have the numbers and it just doesn't seem feasible to like, to, kind of you know have a canadian program that's sustainable and that everybody can like you can profit off of and like so the skaters can get a piece of that and then in terms of going down to cali and, and trying to crack that market like you just i don't know it it, it depends but like you know ryan did it ryan had a, a pretty sick shoe and stuff but you got to just move down there and just make it happen and like ryan only did it probably because like he was like he lived like beside DC. Like he was like in San Diego fucking, he was like all DC. Like he was like, you know, he couldn't have been any closer to a shoe sponsor. Like, Filming trick tips in the skate park. Yeah. Every day. And he granted, he was like a special talent like that. You know, I don't think like his logistics had anything to do with like his skating spoke for himself and he deserved a shoe and all that. But yeah, it's kind of tough. Like, yeah, it's 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 tough, and I see it now. Like you know, a lot of dudes like they're just not quite getting their shoe that they I think they probably deserve. And uh, yeah, that's just like a you know what I because I, I come from like right now I come from like a, a union, a film union, and all that stuff, and that's why like I feel like all that shit it's unstructured. Like you know, like in sports and everything, there's more structure. It's more kind of like um, there's more allocation to things and, and, you know, things like that. So it's just like it's still the Wild West. And I think that's what's rad about skateboarding. But it'll always be the Wild West. And it's just kind of like, you know what? You just it's just everyone. Some dudes get shoes and some some don't. And, you know, it's just it's always you're always it's just always 10 times harder for a Canadian. It seems I think that's what that's what makes like that. That's what like made Paul Mackinac. Why it was like mm-hmm. Paul Mackinac so ripping and so like crazy and everything like that. Cause he understood that right away. I think someone told him that and he just was like, okay, so I got to work fucking 10 times harder than everyone else. Like, yeah. And he got his shoe. I think, yeah, you gotta, that's just basically how it is. But I, I'm trying to think like Ryan Smith is like almost like one of like, and then, and then Macno. like those are the only dudes besides like, you know, Colin and, and those dudes like with, with shoes, like. There's no Canadian yeah. Apple butters. Apple butters, yeah. Yeah, you could even think of guys like Morgan Smith, who one of the best ever, man. No shoe. Disrespected yeah. from D.C. Yeah. Does, the, what's Spencer's? Does, does he have a shoe or does he have like a colorway? Yeah. No, he has he a has shoe, his own now. shoe now. Yeah. Okay, no, these good. days it's changed a little bit. Like it's, I feel like it's easier to be Canadian or just like not from the States. But yeah. in, in your days, like... Fuck, California man. owned like skateboarding back in... When we were coming up and in your days, whereas now it's, it's not as much. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think I, I, I was, I wasn't good enough to fucking be on like a shoot team in a, in a sense. I wasn't quite there. And 
take it to that. So, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, we all kind of like, sometimes we're biased too. We're like, our, we feel like our, you know, but it's, we want our homies to get the shoe or whatever. But like, fuck, it's like, just understand, you gotta just work, you know, way harder than the Americans. This is kind of part of it and be there. I think that's hey, call me biased, but I think you were good enough to have a shoe. <laughs> hey, a color, maybe a colorway. I like that. They're like, we give you a colorway. It's like, okay, like fucking. <laughs> Fuck. It's like, it's, uh, I think that's funny. Okay, I'll go fucking green. <laughs> uh, what were you? What What you were saying about like not having the numbers though, and all that, and like Canada not being able to support itself. Yo, times have changed. Be Vance Canada took over the game making it happen for all their riders. So they're definitely a good example for uh, shoe brands out here. That's dope to hear. I like, you know, I like hearing that. Appreciate that. I love to be proven wrong when it comes to fucking Canadians getting theirs. <laughs> yeah, they're holding it down for fucking all of Canada, it seems like these days. They really are. So you seem to get pretty buck as a red dragon in the skateboard party area. Do you have a wild dragon story the rest of the world might not be aware of yet? <laughs> yeah, well, quite quite a lot. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Was uh, we were in actually because we were in Toronto, and um, Moses. This is a good Moses story because he he had this thing where like he would carry condiments with him on a on a trip, and he, and then he would like you know squirt mustard or fucking ketchup on somebody or something. That was like oh his my. like retaliation. That's what, like, literally, I think, like, we flew to, like, Toronto, and I swear to God, like, in his, like, his, like, carry-on luggage, he's like, yeah, I brought the, I brought the ketchup. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I knew it was happening. It was, like, a, a thing, like, yeah, anybody cuts me off when we're driving or whatever, they're getting ketchup, and I was like, oh, oh shit. I was like, okay. This is <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I remember thinking in my head, like, aren't you fucking 30? Like, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> And then anyway, I was like, this is going to be fun, actually. So how could it not be? So we pick up Ryan Smith and we were just downtown Toronto somewhere. And he's like, this fucking guy in the, in the, in the camo suit, he's fucking with me. He's like fucking. And we didn't, I was like, how is he fucking with you? Like, there's no, 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 like <laughs> there was no investigation on how he was fucked with. Moses was just like, yeah, let's get him mustard. I think he like he had like an option. He had like an option between ketchup or mustard. He's like, no, we're going mustard on this. And then he passes it to, to to Ryan, and we're in a minivan. And I think it's like it's me and Ted DeGro in the back, and then it's like uh, maybe Kurt Filipponi, and uh, I think maybe Russ. Or maybe I don't even think Russ was on the. Some I forget, but I remember it was me and. Ted in the back and then Ryan was sitting shotgun and Moses was driving and he's like fucking spray that guy so it's a drive by mustarding and he's and he mustards him and then we kind of linger and laugh and see like as he reacts to the mustard all over his like he's got like a basically a full piece like camo suit and uh anyways this fucking black Honda Accord pulls up right up to him and his homie and he's like get in and it's basically like oh shit he has wheels and his homie is uh -oh. driving and it's like, oh, dude, this is going to be a car chase. And it fucking fully was full on car chase. Holy Moses. Li and the dude that was driving, like, it, it, you know, if I'm like a fucking 
just some scared little white kid in the back of the minivan and I was just to look at this dude I was like whoa this dude's gonna fuck us up like this I don't think these dudes fuck around these dudes aren't playing like dude's in a full camo suit like what do you think he's all about like so you know they're not I don't think they're just down for getting mustard sprayed on them and move on with their life like no this is fucking war now so I was like fuck oh shit so we're being fucking we're being chased and I've got a front row seat with Ted because I'm in the back seat of the minivan. I'm looking back and I'm, they're like fucking almost trying to ram our bumper. And I'm getting like a full view. I'm getting like a closer look at these dudes. And I'm like, holy fuck. These dudes look like, like they mean business. We're fucked. Like we have, we have mustard. What do they have? Like, <laughs> you know, like we're idiots. Yeah. And it was literally like the most intense car chase. Like I swear to God, like on the curb, on the opposite side, like these moves that Moses was pulling. Cause he knew like if we were actually probably going to get fucking like, we were going to get shit. I don't know. We were fucked. We bit off more than we could chew. <laughs> and then literally like, we blew through uh, an intersection that was like, that had like a cop controlling the intersection. Like, so we blew through and like just dodged the wow. cop. Like, we were making the wow. craziest moves ever to fucking ditch this guy. And literally, we did. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then I swear to God, the moment where Ted goes, oh my God, they found us. And I'm like, shut up. And I look back and back, back on. Chase is back on. Oh. And we're doing it again. <laughs> And we had already like uh, we've already done so much crazy fucking car like illegal shit, and um, we did lose them. Moses fucking we did lose them, and I was like, holy fuck, that was intense. I can't believe like yeah, Moses is an amazing driver. I was like, fuck, he should. That <laughs> was insane. And then I remember like I, I swear to God, I remember like fucking um, like 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 Ryan being like after it was all done, probably being like yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the guy that was fucking with me, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, maybe not, I don't know. Like, saying something fucking, like, ridiculous. Like, wow, holy wow. shit. I can't believe we just went through that. Like, that was fucking nuts. But that was, was that like the end thing. of the ketchup and mustard? Um, probably not, no. Oh. No. I think, I think, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think something like that, Moses was probably just like, man, I can get us out of anything. Like, because we got out of it, I think Moses was just like... He probably felt more invincible than ever, but that was that was pretty intense though. We got that was pretty close. I, I'm fucked, man. I, me and Ted were like fucking tripping. Like, I couldn't believe. Like I think that was like maybe Ted fucking quit after that. <laughs> he's probably like, Fuck, yeah. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Mid car chase, he's like writing an email. Yeah, Fuck. but yeah, he just fucking spray spray like catch up on people trying to kick us out skateboarding and stuff like that. That's <laughs> pretty. That's pretty funny. That's cool, you never man. knew what was going to happen next. Trying to do your job and just kick someone out, and next thing you got ketchup <laughs> all over yourself. Yeah. Like, Damn, cool. Moses. <laughs> I think, I think you know, he'd wait till like, it was like, you know, I don't think he, it was, it'd be his first move, but maybe oh, okay, like, okay. If, yeah. if he felt like this guy was being kind of a dick, then he'd be like, okay, it's ketchup right. time. Like, you know, <laughs> Moses not like an animal, you know, you know. He has a code. Moses has a code. He has a code. So by now, y'all know who have won the Front Blunt Shove and Fakie 5-0 contest. It was announced on our Instagram. So it's on to bigger and better things and more boxes for the people, man. We got a new contest this week. Ghost, break it down. It's real simple. 
little research and you're gonna have diamonds on your wrist you heard all you need to do is be the first to tell us who the new team member is for chpo who will be joining forces with their already stacked team of nuge ali bulala vanessa torres and fernando bramsmark to name a few head over to at chpo brand on instagram for some clues or pretty much the straight answer baby and email it over to the bunt live at gmail.com and a box will be showing up at your door so can you take us behind the scenes on the progression of your black ice triple threat of pain starting with the back 180 and north kick flipping skateboard party and backside flip and dc portage okay i guess i backside 180 it in north and it was pretty it was pretty open then mccrank had only frontside 180 it at that point so no one was really trying to skate it so the backside 180 was was pretty simple it's pretty easy it's, i mean it's pretty pretty basic trick for like that double set but i was pretty young so i remember just being like kicking out a lot on the back 180 needlessly and i was just bruising my young little feet and that was that <laughs> i was like yeah i actually had this weird mental block it's super super slippery you like fall on the way it's like just hectic but so i you know trying it all those times i hucked off it like you know so i got to know it really well and then the kickflip i guess that was like i don't know a year or two later everybody was trying it i was surprised no one landed it i just kept being like as the like you know another week would go by i'm like no still still nobody has kickflipped this thing yet like man <laughs> you hear like oh or maybe like I'd be at the plaza and I'd see Cassie like courting the next skater to go and try it, <laughs> and I'd be like, "What are you guys doing?" Oh, I'm gonna. And maybe they they knew. Maybe I was like, you know, in the running or whatever, and they'd be like, "Oh, we're just gonna go over here," and then I could smell it. Like you guys are gonna try the kickflip. So this so the kickflip was like a that was like there was a lot of hype around it and a lot of like I don't know I guess like inter Vancouver skateboarding competition going on about it and. And it seemed like like Brian Cassie was like the it was like the the wrangler of it all. He just like he just wanted somebody to kickflip it. So, anyways, I don't know. I just as I recall, I just went out one day and and kickflipped it, and it was a bit of a battle. And I don't even think I did it as great as I wanted to do it. But anyways, I stomped it and was like, okay, done. <laughs> it looked like it felt good. Cover of concrete. Mm-hmm. Cover of concrete, and then. Uh, I remember in the contents page when they, they the write up Cassie's like gave this like shout out. It almost sounded like a memorial, like oh, uh, like uh, all the skaters who have tried it. And it was this huge list, and I was like, whoa. So I don't. Know, it just it made like this. It made this set a bigger deal than it really was. It's like a double set downtown. Like wasn't so that created a bunch of hype around it and i was you know i was happy to be the one to land it that was pretty cool and then i was like well if i just put like you know one plus one is two like i should probably backside flip it this is the the obvious next step and it'd be a shame if i didn't like so i was kind of has i was just kind of hesitating on it a little bit and then uh i was hearing people who were trying it and then uh, I think Sasha was trying it, and I was like, ooh, a surprise he didn't land it. And then some other kid, uh, Will, 
Will Stout, he like broke his ankle on it, and I was like, "Ooh, that's encouraging." Jesus, that's and I was like, "Great, yeah. <laughs> right?" So I was like, uh, "I was thinking," but you know, I've at that point, I, I was, I, I just knew that set so well, and then I was thinking, like, you know, I was, I think I was, I was kind of like, uh, at that point when everyone was trying to backside flip it, I was kind of partied out, and I was, I was just kind of like, I was kind of, uh, let's say, like on on the end of of what I was would say my career. So I was kind of thinking like, man, I should probably just do this and then just that'd be a good if I did decide to just walk away from from all this skateboarding shit, then I could uh, at least have that under my belt. And then uh like always, Brian Cassie, the skate whisperer. <laughs> yeah, he he uh he he was like you got to you got to land this the times now, the opportunity. You know, skate coached me into it. So Desenzo and I we're going to go skate. He was going to frontside flip it. I was going to backside flip it. So we met up at the uh, skate plaza. And like I was saying, I was kind of uh, in my uh, party phase. And I was pretty primed. So I was just basically... <laughs> sma- I, was cra- I was smashing beers at the, at the plaza while Senzo was <laughs> constantly frontside flipping the seven. And I was just sitting there slouched like on like beer three, like mm, halfway through my sixer and he's just like looks at me like what are you doing you're blowing it like gave me this thing and i just like looked at him like kid like you don't even know like i felt like the guy like i felt like like the i don't know i felt like the john voight and like anaconda like you don't understand you don't understand what it's like out here anyway so i was like i'm not gonna try it i'm not gonna blow up my legs for a seven set there's no relevance anyways what your i just was like mm-hmm. laughing too i was like you pretty much just gotta show up ready to huck and like go super fast and do your trick and so i felt like it was all about the mind state not just like the repetitive trick practicing of it right. so anyways i just basically smashed the six pack and he did his thing and then we both <laughs> <laughs> we both showed up and then, of course, I was kind of lit then, and I was like, got a little distracted. I'm like, there's these girls drinking coolers up at the top, like foyer there. I'm like smoking cigarettes. I'm like, blah blah blah, full party mode. Meanwhile, like he's frontside flipped it already. I'm like, oh my god, what? And I haven't even <laughs> warmed up and like, but his hand. I don't know. Like he put his hand down though, so I was like, you're not gonna do it again. Like what? Anyways. Oh. Oh. That's fine. He's like frontside flip things three times bigger than that without his hands yeah, down. Yeah. But this particular one, I was like, what that, you know? So Reynolds had to like redo it good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, oh my God. Like, and then Cassie, of course, the person that like had organized this event was looking at me like, kid, what are you doing? You're blowing it. Like, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like rushing and I start, so I ollie it. It hit me too. I was like, "This is a spot you get kicked out at." Like, I should have been trying this. Like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. So I felt like in my in my like in my mind, I was like, "Oh my god!" I felt like I I was like late for a deadline. Like I was a kid at school. Like, oh no, I've uh, procrastinated. I need to make up for it. So I just started stomping these backside flips, and I think I did it in like five tries. And that was like the six tries. Yeah, six tries. That was the quickest Holy I ever landed in. I was just ready to go. Plus, I was like in the. It was all about the mind frame, and I was pretty lit up, mm-hmm. and I was pretty used to like kind of drinking and skating at that point because I was in I was in like my most functional part of my pseudo kind of alcoholism in a way. I wouldn't say I was an mm-hmm. alcoholic, but I was like I went through a nice little phase there, a nice long, decent phase there of like of uh, yeah being 
a pretty big party. Enjoying some beers. Yeah, and just and six six beers was like nothing. I was just like, that was just a way to get to a a buzz. So that's how I kind of got into that. And then the funny thing was the backside flip. Yeah, I was in the skate portage and. And meanwhile, that backside flip did nothing for me for my career because they knew how hard I was partying. And they were like, we're going to stop paying you. And I'm like, I just I just did like, the biggest backside flip I've done in my life. Like, doesn't that count for something? And they're like, we don't want that money to go to partying. And I was like, okay. Oh I was like, thanks for the intervention. Like, what? You know, and then the funny thing was, you know what the, the, the funny thing was of that? I just recall is that was like Sean Hayes telling me that. And I was like, wow, through through some other marketing people, but they all had a discussion and talked about my partying. And I just looked at Hayes like, Mm -hmm. dude, aren't we partying together right now? Like (laughs) like, I was like, I was like, that's rich. Like you're going to you're telling me I party too much when basically like you're kind of like the bad influence. That's real rich. But I was like, whatever. I'm kind of like I was kind of trying to chase a film career at that point. So I was like, whatever. You can keep your small little check for DC Canada. That's cool. Oh. And then the funny thing was that backside flip, which was like, you know, in terms of milking that backside flip, which that was done, that it was in the the portage. And then all of a sudden it was in the momentum video, which I was glad that I was like, that's better. That's a better video for it to be in. Yeah. Then the, the Mike, Mike Endo, he had like some internet thing there where he'd, he'd do like an OMG and mm-hmm. he'd like kind of pump like yeah. pump up a trick and and put that on and then so I was just like oh my god I'm it looks like I'm really milking this trick it's like on three different platforms right now I was like Jesus <laughs> I look desperate like we're riding and then here I am talking about it like over a decade later still milking it probably it's probably why I only got on this podcast is I like I'm the dude who backside flipped that big black thing in Vancouver it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That one's going to last forever in the Canadian skateboard history books, man. Yeah, absolutely. So we are just touching a bit on it. You're partying a lot at the end there. Do you have any regrets about the way your career went? And is there anything you'd do differently looking back now? Um, yeah. Yeah, I got a bunch of regrets, I guess. But, you know, I kind of, I kind of just goes to the essence of, like, well, yeah, I hear a lot of people being like, live with no regrets. Like, no, have some regrets. Like, I feel like, like <laughs> regrets yeah. are healthy. I think it's just about how you oh, like, yeah. how you negotiate them. Don't be like a little, don't be a little bitch about it, but like, just have some regrets and be like, yeah, you know, like, of course. Yeah, it's something to learn from. Besides the hangover after the, like, you know, after some of the good skating, I've, I've almost like, almost regret every hangover I've had, like, that I didn't go out and get it the next, if it, if it like, you know, if it obstructed me from going out and getting it the next day, you know, like so many times I prior yeah. I prioritized party over skateboarding, and that was that was dumb. I'd be like, that's one thing I regret because like, and then oh, I also don't regret being able to like. Some people can uh, live that moderation, and that's something I regret that I couldn't quite like, you know, um, get a handle on or even recognize at that point. You gotta just, you know, there's one homie that just gets like. Too piled out, and then you're always just like, man, like you're just kind of, you can see them kind of like wasting their time and talent a little bit, and you're like, that's dumb. You should reel that yeah. in a little bit. It's not, it's okay to have fun, but some people get a little carried away, which I personally did. So, what are you up to these days, man? These days, raising my daughter, who's sitting on my lap right now, being so good, nice and quiet, listening to daddy's stories. 
Eat. Yeah, man, I just want to skate and uh, basically um, I've been working on my career. Like, I work in film. And uh, <clears throat> now I've kind of reached a position and, you know, where I'm, I run a department and it's kind of stressful, but with the, res uh, with all the stresses oh, and responsibility so comes like a bit of uh, flexibility as well. I can kind of do a lot of stuff on, on the phone and I, as long as I have crews in place doing what they need to do. So basically my next step is to uh, get more flexibility, but just basically keep skating. That's like my, my priority. Any little free time I have. I moved up to Squamish, BC, like a little small town on the way to Whistler. It's got a good little skate park. So I have a skate park that's just down the road. And uh, that's basically it. Just like, you know, keep paying down this mortgage and, and uh, raise this little girl. And, uh, you know, I got, I'm 35 now. It'd be nice, you know, nice to keep going. I, I see And keep healthy and uh, just keep doing what I was doing, skateboarding. I'm going to be filming video parts, but other than like... Well, you know, maybe one for ours. Maybe one for our video. Down for that. You got lots of gas in the tank, man. Uh, I'd be stoked. There, there ah! I go. I got a project. That's all it takes, right? You got to have something. Exactly. To, you got to have something to film for. So that's totally. great. That's, that's something to look forward to. I'd be uh, stoked <sighs> to be in that video. I'll bring it. Consider it done, man. Yeah. yeah. Making deals. Black Ice is still there, B. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know, right? I was going to... Uh, yeah, I think the Ollie and then Firecracker down the last set hasn't been done. So. <laughs> so aside from the bunt video, what's next for Aaron Johnson? I want to get out of what I'm doing in film. I'm like a key rigging grip, so I build like these, I'm like an engineer, pseudo engineer, building these big green screens and lighting structures and stuff, and a lot of liability and all this money involved, and it stresses me out. So I'd like to get out of doing that and into photography which I'm pretty passionate about and I have all the gear and I've just been shooting lots of portraits and photos and stuff. So I would say just having like a, a photography business up in Squamish here, cruising out to Vancouver, shooting a little bit, shooting portraits and, you know, shooting the odd skating and stuff and just doing something like that, working for myself is basically my next step. And then while, you know, doing that, would I would require a lot more personal time to be able to hang out with my daughter and then actually just get to do what I love which is just like you know basically skate and snowboard in the winter and and not be uh pinned down by this uh terrible film industry which will take over your life <laughs> be careful be careful ghost yeah hey okay? uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> get out while you still can <laughs> or they, you can make a lot of money though. It's a good opportunity to make money, and you know what? And you can. I just got sucked into it because I took this like you know. I just always went for the higher positions or whatever. But if I could give anyone advice, is just to to keep it uh, part time, and you can just you know don't uh, don't take those higher positions and just keep it part time because it'll just take over. That's where I'm at right now. I guess I'll yeah. just stay put. <laughs> oh no. Safe, uh, you can get into gripping, man. Just, you know, you need to tell them that, like, you got me, like, Wednesdays 
and Mondays and Friday or whatever, you know, or like Wednesdays and Thursdays and you got to be skating. You need your extra long way. You got to just let them know. And you give them a couple pairs of shoes You get when you get in the union and if you want to do that, give them a couple pairs of shoes. That's what got me. That's what got me into my career straight up. I was like, I knew nothing. I was useless. And I was like, hey, uh, I got these DCs. What size fit you are? And then they, they literally, they just were like, I could do no wrong. I was, I was fucking up all over set. And it was like, it was all good. Kept the shoes coming and they taught me up. So that was, that was like pretty much, if I didn't have that, like I, it would probably, my career would look a lot different. It's funny. Oh, my problem is I'm I do give shoes to the homies, but I just give them to other PAs, so that's not helping me. Come yeah. on, man! Well, that's good. Use There's those. nothing that hurts me more than seeing a PA with uh, like shoes with holes in them, and then it starts yeah. raining. Like, oh. I'm like, yo, dog! Like, what size are you? I got you. Yeah, man. My heart, my heart goes out to the to the PAs. Y'all know what time it is. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, we brought to you by the one and only Venture Trucks. In case you've been sleeping, Venture Trucks' new 5.6s with 825-inch axles are available now in polished team editions and polished V-lights. For anyone on that 825 board, like me, <laughs> busting switch trays, get yours at finer skate shops worldwide now. Venture Trucks, the only trucks that matter. Favorite skater? Sasha Daly. Favorite video? Mouse. Favorite video part? Danny MP, Street Demon. Favorite style? Zach Barton. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Probably Reynolds. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Let's give it to Wade D. We know. <laughs> we know. Favorite trick? A backtail makes me happy. Hardest trick for you? Like a fucking pivot fakie on a, you know, mini ramp. I hate that. <laughs> Most illegal trick. <laughs> Nolly Smith. <laughs> we, that's, that's established. We know that. We've been, that's like old news. No, I think double, double flips. I think that's illegal. Like one's enough. Just do one and make it nice. Mm. Like the whole double flip for me is like, fuck dude. It's just redundant. It's just, uh, yeah, less is more in that aspect. Real talk. Paul Tripp. One of my favorites, best trick selection in the world. But when he started doing switch double heels, I was like, nah, B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did them good too. And it's like, still, it's like, still yeah. not good. We'll never be good enough. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? This one clip that was pretty sweet for me was like, uh, I was when I was filming for North, I kickflip front boarded down a pretty basic rail. It was just kind of a basic clip. But I was skating with uh, McCrank at the time. And then... In the clip, like in the fisheye, he was like right beside, I guess it was Jeremy that was filming. And then he says something like super fucking, like kind of like hype me up. Like basically he was like, oh yeah, AJ fucking rules or something. He said something super basic and positive. But I just remember being like, looking back at him doing that being like, yeah, we're going to let that roll in the sponsor. Cause I was sending like tapes to S and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, basically like gave me a stamp. And I was like, he knew exactly what he was doing too. He's like, maybe I'll just fucking, let me uh, throw this out for this kid and help him out, you know? 
That's so sick. And uh, I just remember being like, that was my favorite clip because at the end of it, he like fucking runs into the fisheye and says, like, gives, gives his stamp of approval. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, thank you so much. That's going straight to S. <laughs> <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed. Ryan Outen. He three a switch tray flipped in Barcelona, the fucking weird wavy wavy bump to bar. Oh shit! That was insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I I couldn't understand that that whole <laughs> spot. Like I can't like I'm down for like hucking and and popping shit and like I literally couldn't wrap my head around fucking even like ollieing that thing, and he just went ahead and switch tray flipped it one day. That was nuts. Yeah, what pissed me off about that was it never got the respect it deserved because it was in that random RDS tour video that didn't get that much love. And then in SPC, it was like the tiniest little print. Like they didn't even get a full page or anything. Yeah, that that's the truth. That literally should have been covered. Like that was like, a tra- that's basically a fucking travesty. So I'm glad that I I, <laughs> I, I, I shed some light on it because it, yeah. it, we, <laughs> we need to remember. We do. What's the one trick that got away there's so many but i maybe I, I was trying to tray flip that black ice set damn can't cameo went and did it and uh and i was like so relieved <laughs> i was like <laughs> thank you thank you dude he did it pretty good but i remember actually I, I went and and i was trying it and then there was like i think jordan mayfield and some kid were like arguing about fucking there, there was like beef at the set fuck about the angles and stuff and Magnus was there. He was trying to get a trick, and I was just—I was trying to wrap my head around tray flipping it. And I really—it was—I I, was—I was pretty stoked on it because I was like, "Oh, you just gotta like slow mo tray flip it. It could almost be easy if you just because it's, it's such a—you gotta just slow it all down." And but I was trying it, and it was like seven twenty flips, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and I was trying to wrap my head around just trying to slow it down and look at it, and I was like, "I was—I really had—I actually really had a visualization for it, and I really." It really clicked for me. I was like, oh, I think I could do that. It'd be so fun. But um, I got bummed out on the sesh. I was kind of bruising my ankles, but they were like arguing. And I remember just like fucking walking away from the sesh. I think it just stormed off me and like, you fucking kids got to fucking get your shit together and stop fucking <laughs> bumming people out that are like bruising their heels. But uh, Cameo went and stomped it and he fucking he owned that one. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? <laughs> I don't know. I could only think of one that I did personally. We were at like a P and E rail, and Pommier's like kickflip front nose uh, that big, you know, that big red uh, rail that people skate at the P and E. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a big square rail in Vancouver, and he wanted yeah. me to kickflip front nose it. And I was like literally like kind of dancing around it, and then I remember just being like, "Hey," uh, and then just being like. How about a kick for front board? <laughs> I like negotiated with him and he was like, he was all like, I think he was all like fucking sour about it. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> he was like, what? Dude, that was one of the best clips. Like that was, was so I was actually yeah, did st- that perfect. I was stoked at it too. He was just decided to set the bar so high and I was like, fuck dude. And I was like, I really want to, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I could, you know, I could entertain the thought of a kickflip front nose, but then I just came down to reality and I was like negotiated with him. Like, dude, we're doing a kickflip front board. Okay. Like, and he was like, all right. <laughs> but on a tall rail like that, kickflip front board is actually gnarlier. Like you could yeah. bunt kick front nose and not get hurt at all, but you actually got to commit your balls kind of more on a kick front board, something that tall. So respect. <laughs> Last new trick you learned. 
fakey five o, fakey flip out on like a little yeah. little ledge, going slow and waxed it up. But uh, <laughs> go off to fucking speed it up and refine it and get it in the line, hit it, hit the streets with it. Dream job after skating. Sounds like you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, dream job after skating. No, I wouldn't say I'm doing my dream job. It's kind of stressful and shit, and I'd rather be doing something more working for myself. I'd say the having my own little photography company and, and, and just kind of like, and you know, being able to shoot photos and support my family solely doing that would probably be that. And you know what? Going shooting skating, like, fucking, that'd be so sick. Like, That's dope, man. You're working towards it, so keep it going. Favorite local brand? Jenny. Favorite local skater? Spencer Hamilton's fucking local. Uh, he, he's definitely made his little home in Vancouver. He's always he's he's always downtown representing. He's pretty local. He's one of my favorites. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? There was this company when I first moved to Vancouver called Skrilla. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy, uh, they, we call him Skrilla Will, and he like it was like there was like gold fronts. The only. The only graphic there was is just gold fronts on this board, and I rode for them for like three months. And uh, he would like man- manage the uh, West Beach skate shop, and mm. he had started this board. And then he got me on West Beach, and I was like running that fucking shit for like a couple months, and then I was like, no, and I quit. <laughs> but yeah, imagine that Skrilla skateboards. Like, <laughs> how long is that gonna last? For that's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, Bunch man. of fucking white kids with skating like gold front boards. Like, <laughs> favorite teammate ever, Rob G. Rob G was pretty dope. Damn, Rob Gonzalez. Worst teammate ever. <laughs> Me and John Newport didn't really get along, but <laughs> he, he, um, you know, but I think uh, Paul Trap. He was amazing. He was a fucking dope skater and all that. But fuck, man, he was like, he was like kind of a logistical nuisance. Like we got literally got kicked off a plane once because of him. Like we were flying from like Europe, like on that Europe trip, and like he like threatened the fucking the flight attendant, and I like fucking emergency landed or something. I like literally like it was a fucking deal. And I remember just being like, "Fuck, trap!" And then like he'd just be super messy, and he was just hard. Sometimes like he was just hard to, hard to to coexist with on a trip because like he'd like. You know, you'd see him like spit in the van or something like that. And be like, <laughs> dude, like, come on, like, don't spit in the van. That's he'd do like gross stuff. So, but you know, he was a good dude and he skated well. But he was a little gross to be around sometimes. I feel you. Went on some trips with him. He's one of the great what ifs, man. If he had his his head on a little more straight, he would have been one of the greatest skaters ever. Is he in Ottawa? Like, I think he's back in Almer, where yeah. he's from. Oh yeah, low key. Yeah. Anyways, worst company. Um, like pig, pig skateboards. They were, <laughs> they, were, they were fine for wheels, but then they got into wood and it was just like, I don't know. I don't think fucking wheel companies should like turn into board companies, but like yeah. there was just, I don't know, there was some weird, like there was some like stylistic fucking kind of directions there. It was just kind of like, I think, were, I think there was a lot of trying hard over there. I don't know. <laughs> worst trend. The worst trend is. In a sense, like trends are dumb, and everyone who's who tries too hard, in a sense, that's the worst trend. So I'll use this example: like you can shop at the thrift store and come out looking pretty good. What I see when I go out skateboarding and kids and stuff like that is I see some wacky wacky kits, 
and that will never be timeless, but as if you <laughs> went to the thrift store and you picked out a selection of clothes that you're thinking like, how can I not get laid today? <laughs> where in its essence is fine, whatever, do your thing, I'm not gonna, but where basically it sounds complicated, but the act of trying to look like you're not trying, but you're trying so hard. Worst style. Um, <laughs> Corey Duffel. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like one, it's like a fucking one big dry heave when he lands. <laughs> I feel bad laughing because we had him on and he's such a nice guy. I'm the one that said it. No, you good. So. I'll have to live with this. I'll live with this. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? The spaz. The homie that's just spazzing. A lot of times, like, you can you can let out your frustrations and that's fine and everything, but then when it just crosses the line. So, like, you know, in my day with, like, the homies and stuff, like, you know, like, I remember, like, Mick D. Oh, yeah. Oh. Blocka. <laughs> that dude's voice would just hit this, de- like, this frequency and he'd just start, it'd become, like, whiny. And I'd be like, ah, oh. you know what? And I... I might have been like the last person on the sesh. Sometimes I'd be snapping. Maybe I was hungover and like just you know letting off. Some guys like would, would be, like losing it. Like Wade D would do like the most perfect kickflip. He'd do a perfect kickflip <laughs> and then just and then just like be so displeased and like pissed about it. That's he's still doing that today. And I'm like, <laughs> where do you get off? Like I'd actually be like the audacity. Like really. Like, look at me over here. Like, perfectionist. Yeah, if you're angry with that, you must think I'm a piece of shit. Like, if you think you <laughs> suck, what do you think about me? Like, I must be like fucking uh. terrible. You know, and that's, it's funny. And, you know, it's kind of, it makes it, it's rude because all these other people are struggling around you. And it's like, it makes them feel like, what the fuck? If he's upset, then I should just quit right now. <laughs> It's like the skinny hot girl being like, oh, I'm fat around someone who's actually overweight. It's insensitive, right. you know? <laughs> so in this, in this comparison, uh, you know, Wade's the skinny white bitch and I'm the fat chick. This is the comparison I'm using. But basically, so yeah, this dude's like spazzing on the sesh, you know, like losing their shit. I mean, Stang, Travis Stanger would have like mental, I didn't skate with him tons or anything, but he would have like just this these breakdowns and it was just like why are all these super talented people having like breakdowns like when it's like you see the average skateboarder coping with those stresses every day they're like yeah same old took me 10 tries to do this kick with back tail uh that's pretty good on average i'll you know that's all right negotiate that fact but these super talented dudes that just you know I, i i get having high standards but it just it just turns into a character flaw and you're just like, Oh God, I just don't want to be around the, you know, the spazzing and the yelling. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. And you know what? A lot of that, you know, you, you, everyone has their example, like, Oh, my homie. And you, we could go on and on and on about who was the spaz and all that. And probably like the majority of cases, it's the stoner snap. It's the stoner and he snapped. Like they, they, didn't make, they didn't regulate their weed enough or whatever. I call it the stoner <laughs> snap. Because, yeah, it, that, you know, if they're not regulated, and then just, you know, it just, yeah. So sometimes it's the stoner snap. And sometimes it's just like, you know, 
that whatever voice is in the back of like Wade D's head that's just telling him he's like a piece of shit. Like, but just <laughs> calm that voice and just be yeah. happy that like you're pr- pretty much the best skateboarder in the world with the best style. Like, just you know, let that ride and uh, <laughs> enjoy you know, it. Fuck, man, and yeah, enjoy it because like you're gonna end up like Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Like, fucking basically. I mean, in their defense, though, when you're that good. We can't understand that, right? So it is all the best skaters, like, you know, Morgan, Bobby, Wade, they all get so pissed, but it's the expectation, man, like you said earlier. We can't understand that because we're just regular humans. When you're that (laughs) good, it must be frustrating to fucking fuck up, like, a random trick. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Can't even pretend to understand that. Yes, we we are just mere mortals. Uh, we We have no perspective on on these uh you know anointed ones for sure yeah. i have no idea what that's like so <laughs> all right y'all that's gonna wrap up the interview with aaron johnson man thank you so much for stepping inside studio e appreciate it it was a, it was an honor to be on and you guys fucking do a solid podcast you guys got you guys got big things in your future wow thanks well, man. thanks man honor to fucking get you on for sure Welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about the S symbol. The S symbol is resurrected from the S heritage line and has been updated for the fall season of 2019. This classic S design has been reissued with advanced features such as STI energy foam midsole for supreme comfort, mesh underlays for breathability and reflective accents. Only one thing left to do, head down to your local skate shop and get yours before it's too late. Let's get into these emails. You've got mail. First up, we've got an email from Mark Berry, proud member of the Bunt Live Fantasy Football Listener League. Who do you guys feel like is the most underrated skater of your generation? Two come to mind for me, and one is actually Canadian, Adam McNatt and Ronnie Krieger. What do you guys think? Thanks for the email, Mark. Seeing as you chose one Canadian and one American, we're going to do the same. And I'm going to spark it off with Ryan Lay. I feel like one of the best skaters. He's got a little bit of everything and maybe doesn't get as much shine as he should. Yo, I'm going to go with the big homie, Wade Fife, Canadian legend. He definitely had his time you know, in the spotlight, but I think uh, the industry in the States slept on him and he could have had a long, prosperous pro career. But uh, he's still holding it down up here in Canada. Much love. Definitely not underrated by us, but maybe the rest of the industry. Real shit. All right, next up, we got a voice note from the legendary Feedback Ted. All right, what up, guys? Uh, This is Ted again with another section-related question. I do realize that I am wearing out your gracious welcome with my tenuously connected to your podcast related questions especially regarding sections i feel you on that answer so thank you for um clarifying that i don't expect you guys to do any more work what you do is cool um can we maybe eliminate the section in the letters box where i ask these kind of pointlessly rambling questions and also um how much backlash are you still getting for your illegal tricks article Ted, thanks for dropping another line in the post office. Love hearing from you, dog. Love getting these voice notes. 
As far as getting any bad feedback from the Illegal Tricks interview we did with Jankum, you know, there's always going to be some people who are hating, some people calling us idiots on the internet, but it was all in good fun, man. We got some love, too. You know, a lot of people said they enjoyed reading it. Illegal Tricks ain't that serious. It is what it is. Do what you want on your skateboard, but uh, that it was fun to work with Jankum on that. All right, next up, we got an email from AJ Ponytail. Definitely his real name. Greetings, Bunt Gang. Last episode, it was mentioned that Dono was involved in the beer industry. My question to you is, do you consider yourselves craft beer fans? Thanks for all you do from an avid listener who also works in the biz. Unfortunately, outside of Steam Whistle, I'm not a craft beer fan at all. The only thing I'm drinking other than Steam Whistle, I'm not sure if I am allowed to say this due to our terms of contract would be Corona, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a pretty big craft beer fan. I'm not a beer expert by any means or connoisseur. Smallier? <laughs> that's a wine thing, isn't it? Uh, but I when I do go to a craft brewery, I'm always getting a flight. I'm always down to try some new shit. Love me some Hefeweizens, you feel me? All right, next up we got an email from Mitchell Wheeler. What's up, Bunt? The ghost has gone on record multiple times dogging out the kook Mickey Papa. My question is who's going to win if Mickey ever leaves the barracks and steps to the ghost to settle it once and for all? I got my money on the ghost winning by submission by choking Papa with his cross necklace. Peace. Oh, come on, bro. I, I don't condone violence. I'm not about that life at all. But actually, I'm not even going to answer that. The peep, that's like, you already know what it is. Is that even a question? Me you think and you could beat Mickey Papa in the game of skate. No, he's talking about fighting. Oh, what? <laughs> Bruv, like, I ain't even got to answer that one. You already know what the fuck it is, but I would never fight anyone. All right, next up, we got an email from Zach Supernant. <laughs> Probably destroyed your name there, man. My bad. Hi, dudes. Remember that time James Craig had a custom MERS song made for his blind video part? That was really a moment, I think. Have you seen anything like this done in any other vids? Curious what Ants 1 thinks too. Such a gem idea. Lovely show. I really like listening to you dudes curse and talk about skate vids. Zach, sir. Um, I think Etnies did this for their last video, all original music. And uh, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, Lil B rapped for his own part. That's kind of similar. TK did as well. Mm -hmm. uh, if you could pull it off, you're a beast, but it's definitely hard to do. Very, very hard, and I wouldn't suggest it. Unless you got Ants 1 in your corner. Cool creative, baby. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and agree with the boys on this one. Um, I definitely think it's not the easiest thing to do and can go south real quick. <laughs> um, but I think for the most part, the people who've tried in the skate business have done pretty well. And that song especially, I fucking love that song. That The beat was funky as hell. Murs brought the energy. You tuned in to the best and you watch him what if. You know, that shit was super funky. I love that TK song. I mean, it's been done well so far. So hopefully we don't ruin it. But I feel like it could probably get cheesy really quickly. So kudos to the people who have done it and not been cheesy. All right, next up, we got an email from Noah G. Yo, Bunt been a listener for the past year or so and i've really come to appreciate y'all for the laughs and the dirt in your rapid fire have y'all ever thought of adding most underrated skater to the questions 
Also, I don't know if y'all are baseball fans, but it'd be awesome if y'all put a little bit of MLB news in the rundown. Shout out to Brazen Skateboards and all the Mississippi skaters. Damn, yo, man's just coming up in here trying to tell us what to do. We just answered most underrated skater about 10 seconds ago, so we got an answer there. And as far as MLB, I mean, maybe if like a giant contract pops off or something, we'll mention it, but neither of us really watch it, so we ain't trying to talk about shit we know nothing of. Well, it's summertime now and there's no sports on really, so watching a little bit of MLB, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. should have won the goddamn home run derby, got absolutely robbed, left no gas in the tank for the finals, but other than that... Not too much, man. Yeah, and there th- were some massive contracts, man. Didn't he set the record on the way or something? Yeah, but then he just lost in the finals. Two $300 million contracts went down in their free agency. You know who? Um, Can you name one? Vladimir, or sorry. Um, no, I need um, Rio Gonzalez and um, Ramirez Johnston. Well... Noah, that right there is the reason why you don't get very much MLB news, man. Two guys by the name of Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Ghost. Oh, got, uh, uh, Machado. That's what. That's oh, the name. That's what you it was on my of. tongue. Yeah. Come on, don't you have like Bleacher Report notifications for that? Right. You think I turned those ones on? Muted, eh? All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the post office for this week. Keep getting them emails into the buntlive at gmail.com. or head over to the buntlive.com, buy yourself a hat and a hoodie, and drop us a line. Yeah, but thanks for the email, Noah G. Didn't mean to come at you, but uh, keep listening, brother. Y'all know what time it is. It's the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. We about to start in some familiar territory, but I think we're going to go off the beaten path a little bit for the bunt this week, man. But let's get things started where we know best, the NBA. Just when you thought you'd seen it all, one more domino falls, my friend. Yeah, we both thought Westbrook was going to Miami. That was the word on the street. Kind of made sense. But Houston decided to make a splash, and Insane. I commend them for it. I mean, I was kind of of the mind of running back with Houston, even though no one's talking about it. They took the Warriors to the verge two years straight. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone's talking about L.A. You know, you run that team back. But I guess the beef was real. I kind of like it, man. You, you trade basically... The second worst contract in the league, because John Wall's obviously got the worst, for the third worst contract in the league. And uh, you go with the youth movement, you bring the boys back together. Uh, there's no more locker room issues. I like the move for Houston, man. I also like the move for Oklahoma City, just solidifying two more first round picks and two more pick swaps and now they got Chris Paul who more than likely is not going to be playing very many games if any in Oklahoma City so I think it's win-win for both Houston had to take another step try something different clearly CP3 and Harden they were a great match but they could never get over the hump and now it's Westbrook and Harden back again two usage monsters we'll see how that plays out but they're good buddies so I wish them the best man so here's the thing OKC we rewind it back uh they're probably one of the biggest I don't want to say failures but um going into 2010 if you looked at the decade in 2010 and were like who's gonna win championships Mm -hmm. in these next 10 years you would have said OKC's got at least two 
Hopefully, you know, with that when, big when they had Durant, Ibaka, um, Westbrook, and Harden. Anyways, we all know what's happened since. They haven't won any, and now all four of them are gone. It's kind of insane with zero championships. So Plus the addition and subtraction of Paul George. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> but Ibaka's got a championship with us up here. He does. Durant's got two. And the reason I think this could work for Houston is because Harden and Westbrook have won MVPs but haven't won at all. So now it's time for them to both look in the mirror and really all they need to focus on is a championship. I don't think you're going to see them chasing stats next year. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be trying to win games and sacrifice for the greater cause. So I like it. And um, yeah, championship or bust, man. It's time for Westbrook and Harden to make it work, man. So that leaves CP3, the odd man out. There was some news that he wasn't too happy in Houston and Houston may not have been too happy with him. Now he's in OKC. Like we said, probably won't stay there very long. There's rumors of him going to Miami. But just like when I was talking about D'Angelo Russell becoming a free agent and maybe moving, Minnesota is where I hope CP3 ends up. Man, CP3 needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror too, man. Everywhere he goes, he's having issues in the locker room. At some point, you got to just look at yourself. Like People are tired of you yelling at them all game long. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you're a basketball savant, but... Uh, it's not working man you guys came close and if you never wins a championship i think his hamstring in game five i think it was mm-hmm. uh, two years ago will haunt him for the rest of his life but uh because that they would have probably won the championship that year against, against so. the Cavs. but um yeah man you got to stop rubbing your teammates the wrong way i've from everything i've heard from players and stuff harden's one of the most lax chill dudes to be around and then CP3 is the one who every team like Blake Griffin hated him by the end of it. Even DeAndre was over his shit. I mean, obviously on the Pelicans he was fine or the Hornets at the time, but yeah, CP, we'll see where he goes. Apparently Miami was interested, but now they've kind of like fall fell back on that a bit. Mm-hmm. They're going to do their due diligence. If I'm them, I don't really want to take that contract on, man. That's the thing. If you take CP3, hopefully you're not giving up too much to get him, but you're going to owe the man a lot of money. The Thunder, I think they made that trade anticipating a quick uh, trade again for CP. Absolutely. But, yo. Might be harder than they thought. Exactly. Sam Presti is one who's not shy of pulling the trigger on a couple trades, but this one might be some of his best work if he pulls it off. The first report was they anticipate moving him quickly and working with Chris Paul to find somewhere he wants to go. And then a few days later, the next report is, Oh, and, and he was going to play zero games in a Thunder uniform. And then the next report a couple days is they're open to keeping him. Well, oh, I think they have to. That's more that. like, yeah. That's more like, oh, shit. No one actually wants to take this fucking that's guy who's going to make like in the 40 million at age 37. Mm-hmm. So let's move over to the NFL. Just a quick one. One of our favorite fantasy players. Well, maybe not yours, but mine. Had him a couple years. Absolute stud. Isn't always there when you need him, but Melvin Gordon looks like he may be going down the Le'Veon Bell road and hold out for a bigger contract. Like we've always talked about, it ain't easy being a running back in the NFL. Your lifespan is short and the man wants his dollars. Do you think Melvin Gordon ends up in a new home or stays in San Diego? If they had someone more promising behind him, you know, I say maybe he'd find a new home, but we've seen what Austin Eckler is when Melvin Gordon's injured, and he ain't that dude. He's more of that, like, you know, change of pace dude. Uh, I got love for Austin Eckler, but 
if if that's who they got to turn to for a full season, uh, just pay the man. Don't be silly. You have a good team. Phillip Rivers, great quarterback, coming to the end of a great career. Keep the team how it is. Pay Melvin Gordon his money. You guys are in L.A. now. You got some money to spare. Don't be silly. Like I said at the beginning, we're going to head down an unbeaten path for us. We watched a super long Wimbledon finals, Djokovic versus Federer. And uh, why don't you tell the people how it ended, man? Very sad. One of the, Well, I was going to say one of the most epic matches I've ever watched. Probably one of the only matches I've ever watched, but I do love me some Federer. So also the I, most epic. When I get around to watching it. But uh, yeah, Djokovic took him down in a tie break after going 12-12 in the uh, fifth set. Absolutely insane. Five hours plus. I think it was the record longest game in a Wimbledon final. Federer is such a class act though. Right now he's giving props to Djokovic in his post-loss thing. Tennis is a crazy sport, man. It's so like buddy-buddy uh, almost or like so respectful. Very so proper. It, it doesn't hurt as much as a fan just watching the crowd give Federer some love right now. But yo, he's the GOAT, man. Don't don't ever put no disrespect on Why don't his you name. Pay your respects to Djokovic, first of all. Yeah. Well, respect to the to Djokovic as well. Don't worry about who I consider the GOAT. But you were just disrespecting Federer throughout the match, man. I can't have that slander around me. Well, first of all, you showed up at my house claiming to be a tennis fan for 10-plus years. We watch a five-hour match, and you're Roger Federer's biggest fan. Sorry if this is a, I was a little taken back by it, but I prefer Djokovic, man. And he's the one with the trophy, and that's what happened. Yeah, I probably haven't watched him since 2010 or 11. But like I said earlier, I always check in on him via our friend Justin and he gives me the Federer update and I just love him man he's one of the, the most stylish smooth uh, athletes in all of sports in the history of sports man there's a reason why he's at the top of those endorsement uh, money lists every damn year a class act a true class act and we also touched on this real quick before we came on air the U.S. women's won the World Cup of Soccer any thoughts on that? yeah congrats to them I know there's a, a big debate about um, equal pay and shit, but uh, I, I, I was listening to CJ McCollum's podcast and he kind of broke it down a little bit deeper and said that the men, they get 7% of $6 billion revenue, uh, which is huge. And what a lot of people are missing is that the women actually get a bigger percentage, but there's just less revenue. So that's you can't blame the system for that. Um, where the women, I think, gross about 130 million, but they get 20% of that. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to be done in regards of uh, equal pay for for women's soccer and all women's sports, to be honest. But let's start by not complaining on social media and actually buying some jerseys and going to some games for all those people out there fucking talking shit online but not actually doing anything about it. Yeah, how about we do our part and add to the revenue rather than get those twitter fingers going man. you know how we feel about those you dig all right y'all that's gonna wrap up this week's episode ghost take us out of here man hey peace out man we uh, almost halfway through time's flying this has been a blast of a summer i'm loving uh kicking it and skating with my boy dono on the regs uh sending oh wait no it's over the contest is over man it's over man we are fakey five o's and front blunt shoves man thanks for your submissions uh, we should go do some right now. But next week is our 100th episode. 
and we will be unveiling a brand new contest, something familiar to the show. So stay tuned. Man. Oh, hell yeah. I'm excited, yo. Catch y'all next week.